Welcome back, mamas, to Mommies on a Call. Happy October. I cannot believe it's already October 1st, the first day of Q4 2021, and that three quarters have already gone by. I don't know about you, but this year has gone by quickly, but I feel like I say that every year now. Q4 is usually the time that I take to reassess what the year has looked like and plan for the future. And October is really my new January. So today I'm bringing on an episode that I actually did on another podcast, the Not Your Mother's podcast with Sana and Veronica, who are also the co-founders of Raising Children You Like. I love this episode and I wanted to play it for you guys because it goes through a lot of the evolution of our roles and identities in motherhood. And as we look back on the year, what we can eliminate and how we can focus in our lives, businesses, motherhood, whatever that might be, in order to plan for the future. So tune in to this episode that I did on Not Your Mother's podcast called How to Organize Your Life and Keep What Works and Leave What Doesn't. In this episode, we go through a process that I use in order to organize our lives so that we can keep what works and discard the rest. We also talk about our relationships, conversations, and how we can create a life with a little more intentionality. And also I dive into the differences between our roles and our identities we play as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, as a parent, etc. So tune into this. I think it's a great episode to kind of kickstart the last quarter of the year and to refocus in on what's important, what we should keep on doing so that the rest of 2021 ends with a bang. Enjoy. Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown-up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. My mission is to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real life tactics, and favorite tools to inspire and empower you, mommy, to get the most out of life every single unpredictable day. So grab your headphones, tell your kids you're on the potty, and tune in weekly for some laughs, knowledge bombs, and plenty of real talk with real moms, and maybe a dad or two. Welcome to the Mommy Pod. Hey mamas, welcome back to Not Your Mother's Podcast. Today we are talking to an incredible woman, mom of three, about business, about showing up as our core self in every role that we play in life, whether that's to be a mom, to be a business owner, to be an employee, to be a wife, to be a girlfriend, whatever it might be, all of the roles influence us in different ways, but how do you bring your same solid core and identity to each one of those so you don't feel like you're constantly in identity crisis? It's a beautiful conversation. She gives some really fantastic practical tips for the entrepreneur and for the mom who is busy in life trying to make it all happen. Enjoy. Stephanie Uchi-McCartney is the creator of an award-winning parenting podcast, Mommy's on Call, Zenial mother of three, ages one, two, and five. She's a serial entrepreneur and founder of a business strategy consulting firm. She's appeared on Forbes, NBC, Wall Street Journal, Good Morning, La La Land, WFS Magazine, Brit & Co., HoneyBook, and more. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. 
Oh my gosh. One, two, and five. And your list of accomplishments and what you do in the world is is just incredible. I think honestly, it's like the busier you are, like the more things you want to like take on. I don't know if that even like makes sense, but yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more about your personal life and what led you to start your podcast and, you know, inspire people around the world? Well, so as we all know, 2020 was kind of, you know, a crazy time. And in February of 2020, I actually had my third child. So during that time, I was kind of trying to figure things out. I've been a serial entrepreneur for the last about 10 years, while also either mixing side hustles with a full-time job or just being straight entrepreneur. And during 2020, I kind of took a step back and wanted to reassess everything because having three kids, five and under, there was a lot going on, all being at home. And I always had this dream of having a podcast and just kind of talking to moms, but not necessarily just about parenting, but like, how can we as moms like better ourselves? Because I went through this journey after having my kids of just trying to really figure out my identity. Like, who am I now as a mom? I'm more than just a mom. So So, but what does that look like? I'm not the same person as before, but so what I wanted to do was just start asking people. And I thought, well, why not have a podcast? And so the idea of Mommy's on a Call came about because I was on Zoom with three kids yelling at me. I I think my son shot a Spider-Man dart at my head. My baby was crying (laughs) or I was probably nursing her. And it was like chaos. And I was trying to do a coaching call. And out of like nowhere, I just scream, you guys need to just shut up. Mommy's on a call and excuse my language on that. But I like lost it. And on that call, the other person in the, on Zoom was like, that's it, Stephanie. You need to have a podcast called Mommy's on a Call. And I was like, excuse me, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm trying to juggle this all. I'm trying to do things like I can't pay attention right now. And they're like, no, 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 no. That's the name of your podcast. And I'm like, okay. And so Here I am just trying to get knowledge out into the world to really empower moms out there to find different parts of themselves that light them up, whether it's through health and wellness, whether it's through entrepreneurship, whether it's through bettering themselves, their mindset, finance, just kind of interviewing other moms on their sort of expertise. So that's kind of my last year in a nutshell. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you you hold so much space for other moms and you have such a like solid foundation of business while having three children and also posting these the gorgeous photos of all three of you like I, the fact that you can get like all of your children in a photograph all looking <laughs> like one direction you just you really really have done the work and it shows because you keep showing up in such a solid way for yourself your family and for others who aspire to keep creating and walking that walk What would you say is the unsaid that you've experienced in your work or in the podcast or just in your experience as a mom? So I would say like for me, the unsaid was really this shift from once you become a mom and you're like holding this child and you're kind of going about your daily life of you just kind of stop and you're like, wait, what am I doing? Like, who am I now? And I know for me that happened in 2017. I was fully working like a full-time job, you know, going in. When I was pregnant, I was like, oh, it's easy. I'm living this like amazing pre-mom life. I'm going to have my kid. I'm going to have everything set up. I'm just going to go back to work after three months and everything is going to be the same. And I know that sounds, everyone out there is like laughing. They're like, yeah, what were you thinking? 
But you really do, I feel like, think that when you haven't had a kid yet. And you think that, you know, I'm not going to change once I'm going to become a mom. I'm just going to become better. Like, I'm just going to become who I was before, plus added motherhood on top of it. And I think I thought I could handle it all. And I, what happened was, is I just completely not only just burnt out, but I also just was in this despair of like trying to keep up an image of someone who I wasn't anymore. And I think a lot of me was internally just not even postpartum, but just kind of like depressed and like confused and lost and just almost stagnant. And I think that we think we can just hold it all together and that we can just keep going forward and that, you know, we're not going to lose that side of us instead of knowing that we can add and change and also that we can look for other solutions and things to add to our own identity, that our role as a mother is not our identity and that our role is very different to what an identity is. And so like we can play many roles in our life. We can be the mom, we can be a wife, we can be a friend, we can be a coworker, a leader, whatever that role is, but that doesn't define who we are. And so I think what I did was I meshed the two. I thought my role as a mom was my only identity. And I think that's where I started getting confused. And so I went back to work. And after a year back in my full-time job, I was just kind of like unhappy. And I didn't know why. And it was because I would go to like mommy and me classes and, you know, I would be hanging up a cell phone because I was on a business call and, you know, I, I didn't make those connections because they were like, oh, she always walks in on her, like, you know, her phone. She's not like one of us. She's not a, a stay at home mom or whatever that might be. And I felt like I was put in a bucket. And then I think it was just like this unsaid communication that I could think bigger than who I really was at that time and that I could evolve. And so I think for me, it was really like an identity crisis of like figuring that out. Mm -hmm. And I think over time from 2017 till now, that's really what has been the foundation for kind of developing everything I've done from like my business strategy on helping other moms to my podcasts to kind of what I'm on a mission to do. And back to you saying about like the Instagram again, everyone out there, please don't like believe what you see on Instagram and like this, the photos, like I post pretty photos, but you know, behind the scenes, we all know we're all hot, like mess on things. <laughs> like, that one photo out of like 200 that we probably took of like yelling at my kids, like just smile, just look at daddy. Like, you know, blah, 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 blah. like you're screaming at them and like trying to make funny noises. But yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, there's so many mixed signals from society of what they expect us to be. And it's like, that also requires us to find the like-minded parents that uh, support what we want to do. Right. Like, because it was a lot, a lot of times like you can go, especially in the early days where there are a lot of just, like stay at home parents that like choose to do that or whatever. And it's like, that's great. But if you're going to be a working parent, like also having friends that are working parents. So you don't feel like that, like societal guilt, not, it's not like necessarily on purpose, but you just feel it because you're qu questioning, like, should I be doing that? Like, th does this make me less of a mother? Especially like how you said, like, you don't actually know what you're going to feel or what you're going to be like until you actually become a parent. And that's when you start like, and, and, and I feel like, like it's so 
everybody kind of goes through that, like, not everybody, but most people, that, or at least I did, and saw it too, about like, what is our, like, who are we now? Like, what does this mean as we are raising children, you know, because it's not just you anymore. And it's like all the decisions that you make aren't just for your life. It's for the life of a child that you just brought into the world. Yeah. And I think you said two words that I've tried to completely eliminate too from my vocabulary, which was should and guilt. And I think a lot of like the time, kids aside, I would say like, I should be doing this. Like you set these expectations for yourself on things that you think you should be doing. And I realized like, that's one word I need to eliminate from my vocabulary because I should not like tell myself I should be doing something like I'm making a conscious choice in everything I'm doing and accept those choices that I'm making and then keep moving forward. And then with the guilt part, like it took me a while to realize like guilt is only hurting yourself. And it's like, no one, no one else cares. Like it's only about you. And so I'm like, okay, like guilt only like hurts other people. So like, and hurts myself. So I should not try and I said the word should, (laughs) I really need to consciously try and take those out of my vocabulary because it just puts that pressure upon yourself. And I think for me, like being an entrepreneur and learning a lot about like business actually applied to motherhood. And it took that kind of like full circle to realize like a lot of the stuff that I was doing in business and like thinking about strategy and problem solving, like applies to motherhood a lot. And I think you were saying like every kid is different and you never know what, you know, you're going to walk into. And that's kind of the same thing with business too. It's like you have a certain destination you want to go, but the journey's not always going to be the same and you can't just take like the exact same steps every single time. You have to like evolve and test and have that discipline to keep moving forward. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And no, and I just love that you brought in like the parenting aspect into your businesses because it's like being a parent is like a badge of honor. Like we never have a break and that makes you the best employee, the best entrepreneur, the best anything, because you're able to understand what it's like to like have to show up no matter what, you know? And like, in, in the, the idea that there's like in corporate America or other businesses where you have to just like leave your family life at the door. Like, I don't know, that just doesn't, that's never really sat, sat well with me. And that's why like having this podcast for us has been great because like Sana and I have nursed our kids throughout interviews, like all the time <laughs> because we're like, well, they're not going to detach. So here we go. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely right, and, and had, had a blowout like, during an interview with like my kid on oh my, my lap. God. I've had a full on blowout when I was doing a Facebook live and oh my I was just sitting there going anyway. So I just wanted to let you know, my have poop on my lap right now, but we're going to keep going. And sorry if my boob accidentally shows because she's also nursing. <laughs> right. Totally. And, and it's, there's like... I think we live in a time where one, it's becoming more and more spoken. The idea of combining your outside view and your inside world and being able to share that, like it is okay to be super vulnerable and to be, this is real life mom right now. This is real life and I'm still showing up here and that's what it takes. And we're with all the guests we've spoken to, so many of them have made that pivot. Like when you become a mom, all of a sudden you're like, okay, how can I do what I love and still do it in a way or change what I'm doing because I don't love it and change it in a way that makes it supports me showing up for my family the best way that I want to and also supports me as an individual and the gifts that I have to give this world and making money and supporting my family and all of those things. And it really does take like some examination 
But it's interesting how that's such a common pivot that everybody makes as you want to be in both of those worlds at the same time. And one of the things you said that I really loved was this idea of identity and how we, and roles, and and we play all these different roles, but your true identity is something that you have no matter what. It's not that you attach yourself to a mom and that's your identity, or I'm a wife and that's my identity, or, you know, I'm, I never finish these things. So that's my identity. And it's like, how, how do you help people or what, you know, what were your kind of ways of figuring out how to tap into what your true identity is, coming back to your core, so that no matter what role you're wearing, what role you're doing, you're you're you've still got your core there. You still show up, and you're not feeling pulled or feeling that idea of like shame. You know, like Brene Brown talks about a lot in the power of vulnerability, just the idea of how shame, we we connect to that as our identity. But when we, and all the shoulds and all the guilt, like that's because that's our identity and we are shooting ourselves. And so how, how do you start taking that apart and start really identifying this is who I am at my core. Like becoming a mom has only enriched me and these, I can wear all of these hats and still show up in every one of them with my core. What how do you help your clients and how do you, how have you kind of really solidified that for yourself? So I call it my focus map and my YPS. So it's kind of like a GPS but using your really your core why. And so I adapted this concept from a mix of like Marie Kondo and also a little bit of like Simon Sinek's like why, but less on the whole like metaphorical, like big picture why, but on like tangible things. So how I started to do this is I, again, translated business, what I was doing for my clients and figuring out going back to their core and why they're in business and how to make them successful. I was like, why can't I apply this to my own life? Like, mm-hmm. why am I not doing this? And I think it's, we go so fast that we don't ever stop like mm-hmm. at a moment in time to really reflect. So how I kind of came up with this is I took a break. I was like, okay, let's stop. And now let's like take everything we have in our brain out. And so that's the joke of like the where the brain blowout came out of because it's like a baby blowout, but really it's like your mind also. <laughs> and like taking everything. I mean, like in a single moment, we have so many things in our head, like, oh, like our to-do list or things that we want or like things we need, just all of this stuff. And I kind of stop and I take it out and I'm like, okay, let's, let's look at everything that's going on right now. And let's like separate these into buckets, kind of like Marie Kondo style. You just take all, you know, everything out of the drawers and like, let's start organizing in business and in life. Like if you aren't starting with a solid foundation, which is really like, what's your core driver? Like what are, what's motivating you? What is your why? Like, what is your purpose in this moment of time? So right now, like these are my to-do lists. These are all the things that are in my mind. These are all my dreams and aspirations and stuff. Okay, let's start organizing this. And I start to put them into buckets and really figuring out like, okay, what was work? What's not working? What is something that like, yeah, that's a nice too, but it's taking a brain space. Like, let's put this on the back burner for later. And like, what are things that I can either delete, outsource, automate, whatever that might be like things that are like taking my energy. I hate doing, but someone else can probably do. I can either hire it. I can figure out a trade. I can do something or I can delegate it out. And so you start to like paint this picture of like a little bit of organization on those things. And then you start to really think about, okay, like, 
why am I doing this? Like asking yourself multiple times, like, okay, so why am I, you know, volunteering for this organization? Like, what is it behind it? Like, if you're complaining about it, like, why did you join in the first place? Is that still aligned with you? Or like, why you just keep asking yourself this and like you, you figure out like, they're really like core drivers of your why, like, whether it's like your ego pushing you forward, like financial, whether it's like a passion, a purpose, And you use that to start kind of guiding you and to really being able to eliminate things in your life that are just like taking up so much space and being able to focus on things that you really love. And so I, I started to do that. I started to be like, okay, like, it's not just about saying no, it's about saying yes to the right things. And to really start to ask yourself, like, if I'm saying yes to this, why am I? Is it aligned with what I need right now? Because if it's not aligned with the right now, then maybe I shouldn't be doing it. And maybe I said should again, but, or I can push it for the future. And so I started to do that in my, I originally did that in business. And then I started to apply that to my life and my kids and the things that we were doing, like whether it was as a family, whether it was what I wanted to pursue as extra quote, extracurriculars, whether it was whatever that was. And I started to eliminate those shiny objects in my life that were just like attracting me, like that would be fun. But then it takes up so much capacity or bandwidth that it burns me out. And once I started refining that and focusing on really those core drivers, and for me, honestly, the reason I do do business and that I do love entrepreneurship is that is actually self-care for me. So for me, like learning and actually working is fun for me. And so, well, some people might want to go to a yoga class or, you know, they, they do sports or something as their outlet. Business is my outlet. And so I started to figure out like, what are the drivers within me and to make sure that I focus in on continuing down those roads. And it took time. It took a lot of mindset work. You know, I do, I have a meditation practice. It, it took a lot of discipline. And I think that it's just taking a little step every single day and just keep going forward with intentional action. Like I think taking action, I was a, I was a perfectionist. And so I never wanted to take action because I was always afraid. And so once I started taking little bits of action, and even if I failed, even if it didn't, I would reiterate and keep moving forward. And I think that discipline is really what has helped me get to the point I am today. That was long. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good. I like that you have like a whole system set up. Not only have you thought about it, but then you've created a system around it so that when you do get stuck or the clients that you work with get stuck or when you're talking about it on a podcast like this, you can really outline it in a way that makes it feel like a step-by-step process rather than this just ambiguous like, yeah, I better figure out what my identity is so that I can show up in all these areas of my life better, but you know, I'll get to that one day. So awesome. I love it. And so in one or two sentences, what do you want us to take away from this unspoken area of your expertise? Oh, I would say that be curious in life and to really just go out there with an open mind and start trying things because the way to really uncover this identity is to get out of that comfort zone and start opening your eyes to different things and playing around because you might discover that you didn't know you had a passion for like, I don't know, underwater basket weaving or like lacrosse or something random like that. So I would say get in the, like I say in my podcast too, is just get in the sandbox and start playing 
Just play, just be curious and play. Put yourself back in that role of a toddler, get your hands dirty and play because out of play, you're going to find that true identity and the true core of who you are today. And I think without that play, you're going to get stuck and you're just going to stay stagnant. So really, I think my thing is jump in the in the metaphorical sandbox and start playing. Oh, I love that. We can learn so much from our kids too. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think that's what's helped me evolve is taking all these and looking at my kids and how they try and understand the world and seeing how simple and how like just how pure that is and to kind of take from those and be like, why did I forget that like child side? Like, why did I forget that ability to explore, to make mistakes, to test? Like, why can't I do that? And so give yourself, you don't have to do that always, but maybe give yourself like an hour where you're just going to play and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. You, can, you can schedule like unstructured time for yourself. <laughs> schedule <Yes>. unscheduled <laughs> time. <laughs> but that's actually really that's important. It's to right. schedule time for yourself. And actually that is another big takeaway is I would never have been able to, I guess, do a lot of these things if I didn't schedule time for myself. And I'm talking like, put it in your Google calendar, like, or put it in your phone and be like, even if it's 15 minutes in the morning or whenever that is, make a commitment to yourself. Because I say like, if you have a doctor's appointment on your calendar, you're not going to bail on the doctor's appointment. So instead schedule an appointment with yourself, put that on your calendar and let that be your 15 minutes to do what you need to do. And that will help you stay accountable to yourself. Mm. So let's dive in. You have like a great relationship. I think, you know, a lot of these things require, like you have three children, you have, you are supporting other moms. Where do you get your support? You have a great partnership. How do you and your partner overcome conflict, especially because you have three children and you have so much going on between the two of you? What are your ways of like connecting and overcoming conflict together? So something I'm working on a lot because it's not my strong point at all is communication. And I think that for us, that's what we're really, especially during 2020 when we were home more and we could communicate more is really working on that. My husband's a great communicator. And so he's really good at kind of like pulling that out of me. But what Mm. I've really learned is that like, I need to communicate when I need help. I need to communicate what it is that I need. I'm one of those people who like hold it in, hold it in. And I think that's just also kind of like the way I was like culturally brought up. And so I, I don't like to ask for help. I don't like to, I'm not a very good communicator when it comes to things like that. And so I think because my husband is, he's really, we've really been working on that. And I think also like having just finding those either moms out there, or I have, I have different support in different roles in my life. So, mm-hmm. you know, in our family life in relationship, like my husband and in my mom life, I have, you know, a core group of mom friends that I have on a text message chain in my, you know, business world, I hire mentors and coaches and, or I'm part of a mastermind group. And so I look for support in the roles So that way that I know that like, if I need something in that specific, like vertical that I can get that help. And yes. And so, and also speaking of support, like I have childcare support and I know I'm very fortunate and lucky to have that. My parents live like five minutes from us. I mean, I moved back here on purpose (laughs) so that I could be close to them. 
And so I am lucky in that sense, and I'm very privileged to have the ability to ask for childcare help. But, you know, there are other ways too. like, I have neighbors who do trades who are say like, can you watch my kid in the morning and I'll watch yours, like vice versa. And so there are ways, but it's really, I think it comes down to communication and to really trying to find ways to refine those skills, whether it's like reading books on it, listening to podcasts, or even seeing a therapist, but really working on communication so that you also can communicate the support that you actually need. That's amazing. Yeah, I agree. And does your husband train other husbands? Because mine needs boot camp. <laughs> I'm going to send it back to your husband. That's your next business. <laughs> so yes, we have our moments where I'm like, I get super frustrated. Like for example, he was gone for the last three days because he was on a golf trip and I had all three kids by myself. My parents are actually out of town. So I kind of lost it at the end. But I think for him, it's like he he's a really like, I don't, I know I want him. He went through girlfriend boot camp. How about that? He had an ex-girlfriend <laughs> who literally put him through like boot camp. So I think I got him on the other end, which was <laughs> kind of awesome nice. for you. Oh my <laughs> God. Do the boot camp. But he always says, he's like, oh yeah, it was like real girlfriend boot camp because he wasn't like that before. And so I was like, oh, thank goodness. But I mean, there are things that I've tried to get him to do like I don't know, take a positive discipline course for kids or siblings without rivalry or really get him involved in that. And that's still something that I can't get him on board with. But like in terms of he's pretty good as as a partner. And I do have to say I'm very, very fortunate in that sense. I probably am the worst partner because I'm the one who's learning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's great because, I mean, if he didn't have that boot camp go to waste, you know, he's like being able to lead in that way. And that's amazing. I mean, I always tell Paul, like, we're never getting a divorce because no one is reaping the, the fruits of my labor, you know, because yeah. he's, he's in major boot camp right now, which is awesome. And what's great about like having a husband in boot camp is that he is and, you know, having raising children you like is like, you're taking the course. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you know, you, what are you, you doing have no in husband boot camp right now? I'm curious, what are you doing? Well, I'm, well, I just basically implement everything that we do at raising children you like, you know, so we have a lot of things like we have a high and a low where we talk every day about what, what went well and what we need to work on. We have a family forum every week to talk about the week of how we went, like how it went for us, like as individuals and in parenting and like kind of fix the things that we need to, that aren't working, you know? So it's like, he's not necessarily using the terminology that we use uh, and like the, but we're implementing the framework. And so the course is being in it's in the editing room right now so it's like we've been doing the framework obviously because it's like our course but we're gonna do the course together once it's out and do the workbook and like do the whole thing because we need it you know it's really the raising children you like is very thought out and it really is about strengthening the pillar within the foundation of your partnership in order for you to become the parents that you both want to be. Because it's not like it's not just one person's job to be a parent. Like you're both parents, and it, there's no excuse as to why the other partner can't be on board with raising the children. Even if one is the primary caregiver, that doesn't mean that you're the primary, you're, or like you're a sole parent. You know. Exactly. So is your next course going to be then training husbands that you like? (laughs) (laughs) I know, maybe. Yeah, that's what's coming out next. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so I think, you know, and I see that in, in other couples too. And I think 
unfortunately, it comes down to like your husband kind of having that wake up call of like, wait, maybe I need to be on the same page. And it's it's hard. You know, I mean, I think well, it's like everybody needs their why, you know, and like, so yeah. Paul, Paul is a director and his he's an animation. And so he creates all these worlds and all these stories about women of color as the the heroes of all the stories. And like his aha moment was that he was like yelling at his two girls, a two year old and a three year old. He's yelling at them and like basically like breaking their will. Right. Because he's like telling them no all the time. Yet he's creating these like heroic women in his stories. And so he 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 found the disconnect and he was like, this isn't like, what am I doing? You know, so th- that, that was his wake up call. And you're right. Like they all need one. And and, th- and they're there, you know, I mean, I think we really believe that like parents want to do good and they want to show up and and that what they are doing, they think is the best, even if it hurts their children. But they're the great thing is that we have research on our side and it does say that by being a gentle parent isn't permissive. It actually helps them because you're teaching them what they need to know rather than punishing them and like keeping them confused and isolated. And, you know, if you focus on connection, that's, that really breeds like that, that secured attachment that creates healthy, empathetic, conscious people. Right. It's about kind of also like, I think, is it positive discipline where they talk about like treating your children like not like an equal, but like giving them that ability to feel valued and appreciated. And I think that's just in general, like human nature. And so also treating your husband as they, instead of, I know as wives, we get like the bad rep of like nagging. And I know I go down that road of nagging and stuff like that, but like valuing them and also like asking them what their values are. I think that's one thing I learned in one of the podcast episodes that I did was she was talking about values and how it was a simple like analogy of like unloading the dishwasher. Like I will get angry because I'm like OCD and I love everything in a certain order. And I have like the, you know, the bowls go in a certain place, the four, like I'm just very OCD and other people might not be. And so, but understanding that my value is in order where someone else's value might be doing it as quick as possible because they want to spend time with you or like, and not getting mad at the values that they have and instead understanding and being compassionate towards that. And I thought that was like an interesting kind of like mindset shift because I was like, oh, right. Like I see, like I respect why they're doing something. I mean, and it applies to your kids too, to understand what their drivers and motivators are and not get mad at them because their drivers and motivators aren't what you want them to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of seeing it as like having them be uh, having their strong suit be in yours, they have a strong suit that might be a weak one for you. And then you, you guys can be complementary to each other rather than like in competition. Because what if you both wanted to do the dishes a certain way and then you'd be arguing because the dishes weren't done a certain way? Whereas like that's your thing, then that could be your thing. And then your partner or your kids can have their thing. And then everything gets done because everyone has their lane. Yeah. So for other moms who are in the entrepreneurial space and are interested in figuring out kind of how those next steps, you've been featured in so many places. You are such a face for moms doing business. What are some of the tips you have for getting features in these places or you know, really starting to see that traction take off? 
Well, in terms of like the tangible part of getting features, it's all about really building relationships. So I think in life in general, it's about relationships. And so, and about being pleasantly persistent is a term that I learned recently that I absolutely love. And so it's whether you're on Facebook groups, whether you go back in person and you get to go to networking events and meet people, always kind of serve and help others and get to know others. And so ask people questions and build that relationship from a place of service versus like, I need a feature somewhere or like, oh, you work at the Wall Street Journal. I'm going to like, will you feature me? Like, no, that doesn't work that way in this world. Like a lot of these things that have come about have been because of relationships I've built over the years, even like Sonnet. I met you year, like, I don't even know, maybe two years ago or something. And I think yeah. it was originally through a Facebook group. I know. And it's just like coming to places and really meeting people where they're at and seeing how you can help them and offering like all of these like features didn't come out of me wanting to be like, I want to be in Forbes. Like I want to like, you know, do this. It was more of like, oh, that's great. Like that you write for that. Like, you know, this is what I can contribute to your readers, like really Mm -hmm. understanding what their needs are and how you can help them. So like, even with this like podcast, like, you know, how can I help your listeners? Like, what do they need to know? Like, what do they want to learn? Because I just want to help other people. And so if you go into any situation, just with that mindset of how can I help you? What do you need? And doing that of service, things will eventually come around. And so for those mamas in business, like looking for features, like that's it. It's like, just build those relationships. And then you never know what's going to happen out of that, but also being like pleasantly persistent. So when that opportunity does come about, like, for example, in Forbes, I was asked to write a piece on maternity leave, like how to take maternity leave as an entrepreneur and keep your business running. And that was in December of 2019. And then I had a baby and I kind of dropped the ball, but then I reconnected that friendship and I was pleasantly persistent. I kept, you know, emailing, but not emailing like, Hey, you know, can I write this? But like, Oh, I heard, you know, you're doing this. Like, here's an article that might help that. Or like, Oh, I know someone I can connect you to really just trying to build relationships. And in business, it's all about relationships too. You know, it's about that trust and it works both ways with your clients too. So if you are an entrepreneur and you're looking to build your book of clients, it's all about building trust in your audience because people, people, if people know, like, and trust you, they're going to want to buy from you. And so, yeah, that would be my business tip is just really go out and help people. Amazing. I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what are you most excited about in your business that you want to share with our audience here? I'm excited right now because I am about to approach a year on my own podcast. And out of that, I have learned so much about just the commonalities between all of these successful women in business. And so I'm excited because I'm starting to write a book. (laughs) And so, yes, I just, I like I love like Tim Ferriss and like how he experiments with things. And he wrote a book like Tribe of Mentors and he wrote a ton of different books. But I loved his concept of interviewing through his podcast, all of these different people. And he started to find the commonalities between what what makes these people successful in different aspects. And so I'm seeing this through all of these podcast interviews. Like I'm seeing these success habits of moms in business and what is making them thrive. And so I'm writing a book right now. My working title is You Don't Have to Do It All, but 
I, I still don't know exactly what it's going to, what the working title is, but yeah, I'm working on my rough draft right now. That's so That's exciting. Awesome. So yeah, my exciting thing is just playing in my own sandbox and seeing what's going to happen. Awesome. Aww, I love that. And so this last section is called Mama Has a Minute. It's meant to be short and sweet. Are you ready to go? Okay. What is your favorite form of self-care? Meditation. What is the best parenting advice you've ever received? <laughs> oh gosh. I don't know why this one's stumping me. <laughs> oh, it's a minute. And I've listened to your podcast, by the way. So I know you ask these questions and I don't know why I just had a complete brain fart. I think do what works for every kid's different. Do what works for you and ignore whatever anyone else has to say. Share your favorite parenting hack. Oh, geez. I don't know why this part's making me so nervous. It doesn't have to be absolute. It feels like dun, dun, dun. You only get one answer. It can be like one of your favorites. (laughs) I listen to your podcast all the time and I knew these were coming. And now I literally have a blank, blank, like slate right now in my head. My favorite parenting hack. Well, you have three children. So I bet you have like some major (laughs) hacks because we only have two hands. I don't even know how moms do it with three children and two hands. My favorite hack is I think my drawer in my kitchen of just random, random objects. And I just open it and I'm like, here you go. (laughs) (laughs) What is one product your children cannot live without? Is it sad, but it's really the iPad. (laughs) (laughs) Recommend one book and share why. Fair Play by Eve Rodesky. I can never say her name correctly. And if you want to do the whole relationship thing, I think read Fair Play. And finally, share what motherhood means to you and the best way we can be in touch. Motherhood really just means getting to see reflections of all of the, like, of you and your husband, just like what you can create. And I don't know, motherhood is just filled with so much love and unexplainable, just every emotion under the sun. And the best way to reach me is you can go to my website, Mommy's on a Call, or find me on Instagram at Stephanie Uchima, at Mommy's on a Call, or head over to my podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I love how like direct and confident she is and how, you know, she's a mom of three. And obviously like that means that it's messy and it's wild and it's crazy, but also she has such a a focus and determination. It shows up in her work and it shows up in her work ethic and the firmness of the container that she holds for herself and for the people that she works with. And Mm -hmm. she's just, you know, such a a mom who's doing it, who's making it work and and is doing such a great job doing it for so many people. I know. I really enjoyed talking to her because, yeah, you can just tell that she really shows up in all areas of her life and then, you know, finds the support. So she's able to do that and, mm-hmm. and is grateful. Like she, she's not entitled at all about anything. She's really just grateful for the opportunities and to be of service. And mm-hmm. that's truly the key. Like I loved what she said, like pleasantly persistent. That's exactly what discipline is, right? For like our, ch- yeah. for our children is like But I really loved that. I feel like that's going to be one of our mantras going forward. Totally. And we're excited to be on her show. So we'll let you know when we're on that podcast so you can go I know. Over there her podcast is fantastic. And she's done so much work around that podcast that the information that she shares is just really direct and helpful. So I can't wait to be on it. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time.